Hey everybody, welcome back to the Power Passion Podcast. We're here today with Mr. Aaron. Uh, Aaron's a musician by trade. Yeah, that's me. Uh, tell us what, what uh, you're passionate about, specifically when it comes to music. Specifically. I'm passionate about bringing good music to the world. Mm-hmm. I want to, like... Deep thoughts, deep thoughts. Deep thoughts? Yeah. This is what we're all about at the Power Yeah, Podcast. but uh, long story short, I'm passionate about bringing good music to the world. Yeah, man, I yeah. like that. Yeah, I was just curious. So, your how would you describe your type of music? So, I've listened to it personally. Mm. It's very, very indie kind of trap. Yeah, and it's got almost a, a rap vibe to it. Yeah, would you as for example, if we were going to point out the song "See Me in Bentley." Yeah, yeah, "Catch Me in Bentley." "Catch Me in Bentley." <laughs> "Catch Me in Bentley." That's yeah, the one. Yeah, that's that's the one. I've, I've had that song stuck in my hey. mind since I've listed on SoundCloud. Yeah, I was just curious. Is that is that perhaps? The hook, obviously, mm-hmm. and, the, and the chorus of that is very important, but let's start with this. Is there one song that represents, I suppose, your style mm-hmm. of music more so than the others? Yeah. Because it evolves, right? Yeah, it does. And I don't think there is one song that represents my style, because I like to... I don't know, I think that there's a lot of sides to the music that I want to produce, and like each of them have their own side to me, but there isn't one song that I would say is like you know, like indicative of my style. Exactly, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Would you say your style is a, a, a compilation of a lot of other different styles? I think it is, yeah. So the way I describe my style is I, I, I like to see it as like I'm, I'm heavily inspired by Georgia trap, you know, from Atlanta mm-hmm. and Florida, that sort of trap music. Yeah. But I do it with like um, Aussie style, you know, like songwriting and Aussie style, mm. like lyrics. And okay. Yeah, like a lot of like Aussie indie artists and Aussie hip hop artists, that's stuff that you hear on Triple J mm-hmm. and stuff. I like to take, you know, that sort of vibe and that's sort of like, you know, sort of like those topics that those artists talk about, but do it in like the style of Atlanta trap artists. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's bringing those very indie artists and yeah. their profound messages in their self-expression and making sure that it's slightly more mainstream, so it's a little yeah. more popularised. Yeah, and also like I've noticed that um, since I've been doing this uh, rap game, like a lot of artists in Australia, like what's popular on the radio and what the kids are listening to these days is that Atlanta style trap music, but um, like a lot of Aussie artists are still on, you know, their the old boom bap style music, you know, from that 90s style hip hop and mm. 2000 style hip hop, and they love that stuff, and that's cool for them, but it's like not, it's not the sort of music I listen to. Mm. I like to the, the newest style hip hop, and I wanna, you know, do that, but with an Aussie style, and like, you know, bring, you know, our country's oh, hip-hop I def- I definitely day. feel that, because one of your songs is called Nangs. Yeah, that's and right. For anyone that's <laughs> not familiar what a Nang is, a Nangs is, uh, well, you can explain it. Right, this Aaron, the, yeah, a Nang. A Nang. Enlighten me with a, a nang. Nangitude. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, um, the, you know whipped cream, right? Yes. Did you know that if you buy whipped cream, like, from the store, just squeeze it in a little bit. Oh, it's the nitrous oxide. Yeah, yeah, you, you just oh, suck it in. It. Oh, okay. and that's, uh, that's laughing gas. Yeah. Yeah, and you can, you can get high from that. Yes, you can. Yeah. There I mean, go. no! <laughs> there I had no yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, So, was there a, a moment where the inspiration started? Uh, so, what, what was the exact moment where you said, have you, like, have you always mm. written lyrics? Have you always produced music? Yes. Or was there, was there like, a, I suppose, a sequence of events? Or was it a, one event that you could say, this was yeah. the moment, I'm now a musician, this is yeah. what I love? So, um, honestly, I've been like, 
making music my whole life. Like I remember some of my first memories of being like, you know, three, four years old and like was at a piano and like writing down, the, like playing songs and writing down the notes, but like writing down them as actual letters because I hadn't learned how to write music right. yet. Sure. I was just like D, C, A, A. Mm. Yeah. So you actually kind of understood the way music functions in a more classical sense. Than yeah, well, like actually, um, that's what I studied. I studied classical music. Yeah. Yeah. And did that, you that, I was going to ask that because yeah. I think great yeah. artists appreciate classical that, music. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. Um, Aaron, could you talk us through your process of how you start writing music? Yeah. Do, you, do you put down like some solid beats, or do you put the melody first, or is yeah. it the tempo that's more important to you? So um, it really depends on the song. Like a lot of songs come from a lot of different mm. places. But like what I like to do is I like to think of phrases that mm. we like say in our heads. You know, mm. like that just have a ring to them. You know, mm. especially when it comes to hip hop. Like that's what the hooks are based yeah. on. It's just everyday phrases. Yeah. Like I've got a song that I'm working on right now. The 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 hook is just like you know like. Like, what is it like? <laughs> Here we go. Like, such is life, dude. Such is life. Such Pick is your life. price, dude. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah? Interesting. Yeah. You want to complain about some shit? To my face, like I care. Get a life, dude. Oh, yeah. I know The first thing that pops into my mind whenever anyone says such is life is first Ned Kelly. Mm. Yeah, and then Ben Cousins. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Then, yeah. Then and then Charlie Sheen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Now, to take an obscure example of lyrics, yeah, Cardi B, yeah, complete nonsense or brilliant. Is there some um, sort of so no? So I actually really appreciate Cardi B's lyrics on this, um, on like for this specific reason. So yeah. whenever she has something to say, she says it twice in different words. So like she'll be like, yeah, they being where I stay, yeah, they being where I'm at. You know, like she'll mm. say it'll repeat the line, but like using like two different wordings. And if you listen to like Bodak Yellow. Like she does that through the whole song, like mm. um, like of course like like all the actual like what the lyrics are about is this kind of nonsense, mm. but it's just it's fun, you know, it's just jokes. So yeah. oh, it's, it's it's a deliberate attempt to provoke that reaction from yeah, a person like me that's gonna look at the lyrics and go, yeah. what's this? Exactly, like what What's the fuck this? is this? You know? Okay, okay. But then you look at it and like you know you like like what is this? You know, yeah. and it gets stuck in your head, and it's just it's just about like that style of music is about just being bombastic and ridiculous, mm. and like you know like six nine does that as well, like just you know. Like just trying to be as more outrageous and like like the stupidest like you know like stupidest flexes you could come up gotcha. with. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you think that in in a, in a lot of uh, indie scenes that it is about being bombastic that it is it's about really marketing is, yeah. yourself? And Absolutely. It's about making uh, almost a parody of what you would normally want to compose from its original piece to to sort of entice more people. Mm, yes, I definitely think that's the case. Mm. But like even that like um. It's something I want to tackle in my next mixtape coming up. Yeah. It's about just nihilism in trap music. Yeah. Because that's like a big criticism of trap music. Everyone says like, oh, it's so nihilistic. It's just these kids who like want to do drugs all the time. One could say that, that it's title by calling it trap. It would yeah. be this sort of... Um, could you describe trap to possibly our viewers at home? What is the difference between just trap, rap, uh, yeah. electronic and techno, let's say? Yeah, okay. So trap is a style of hip-hop that mm -hmm. came about in the mid-2000s. Mm -hmm. It was... Um, uh, T.I. is the first rapper that um, coined the phrase trap music on, on his album called Trap Music. Yeah. And it comes from the south, like Atlanta mm. and that area of America. Mm -hmm. It's like a lot of like, in the, pra in the past there was like east coast hip-hop and west coast hip-hop and they had their uh, like They're two different sounds. Their different styles. Yeah. yeah, but then like around like the 2000s, and it, like, the, like the south started to have their own sound and that was trap music. And mm. Like they had crunk music before, like, but like it's just a different way of coming at it. Like, the, both the West and the East Coast is very lyrical. It's about like trying to express yourself through poetry and like, you know, make a point on the song. 
but like when the South, you know, like the sort of music coming out of there, it was, it was about dancing, it was about mm. moving, it was about the movement in the music, and like the lyrics didn't have to be very deep. It just has to be there to like you know get you get you moving. The undertone, the, energy, the rhythm, yeah. the beats per minute. That exactly. Kind of. Now I, I'm not a hundred percent a trap fan, but I can appreciate it for its art form. Yeah. Now when does a trap song become Dubstep? Is it okay. just the increased beats for me? Uh, no, so, um, well, you're talking about EDM there, which is like okay. a different genre. Like, trap is a genre of hip-hop music. So, like, it's like, um, like, EDM producers have taken, like, inspiration from hip-hop to create, like, trap music, like EDM trap. And that's, like, it, it's, it's, like, branched off in another direction. So, like, if you're talking about, like, R.L. Grime and Alice in Wonderland and artists like that. But, like, in that case, what makes a trap beat is, like, the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-d
how much of music today is just about the image? Oh, so much. Like, if you're talking pop music, if you're yeah. talking the music on the radio, I'd say about maybe 75% of it mm. is about the image and all the things that go with the music. But I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, if you want to go, like, see pure music, like, it's just about the music, you can go see a symphony orchestra or you can mm, go sure. see like a live band play at the pub, but like when it comes to these artists, like they're presenting this larger than life image. It's like the same like social media sort of presence sort of thing, right. where it's like um, the whole concept of the artist is the art. Like they are living their art. Right, so yeah, so their image by definition yes. is a part of that art form. Yes. So it would almost be as if like uh, a painter was painting himself in the yeah. art piece yes. and saying, well, yes. look, I am the art. Yeah. Sort of I think thing. Kanye West is a perfect example yeah. like this. Like he might have been one of the first artists like in this social media generation to mm. like, you know, make his whole life the art piece, you know, like mm. his scandals and his adventures. Would that almost be sort of an explanation as to why he acts in such an unusual yeah. way? Like, <laughs> I think so. Do you think it's a persona he's putting yeah. on? Or I, do you I think do that's think genuinely so. him? No, I, I've seen yeah. previous interviews with people that know him personally, mm. and apparently Kanye was very humble until his father passed away. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. yeah. And you could argue that it's a persona, mm -hmm. but that's a part of the culture that he personifies, right? Yeah. He's Kanye West, uh, and Kanye loves Kanye. Yeah. And Kanye tries to seduce Kanye. Kanye's Kanye. Kanye, is Kanye. Yeah. That's why we love him. Yeah. Mm. Bringing on to an, an another point, that would would the de definition of having an artist be very much their own music and being their own mm -hmm. performance? Are there many artists that are both good performers, good writers? Yes. Or do you feel as if there's far too much reliability on others writing performance yeah. works? Oh well, like of of course, like. It's like the jack of all trades, master of none sort of thing. Yeah. Like, like to be good at all of those things, it's a very rare person who mm. can like do all of those Could things. Can you think of anyone or as an off example. the top of my head? The thing is, it's so rare that I, I'm I'm stumped. Mm. Okay. Yeah, but I'm sure if I had a long to think about it, I could think of an artist who's a great songwriter, great performer, mm. great like everything. Mm. Is I've, I don't know whether I'm buying into Bieber Believe Nation mm. or whatever, mm. but is Justin Bieber an example of that? Um, Justin Bieber is he I don't think he a lot of the songs his best songs he doesn't write them himself which is you know, I agree I, yeah I, I loved his album Purpose it was a great album yeah but like yeah. also like that album was produced by Skrillex and Diplo like Justin Bieber didn't write the, the beats on that good song good point good point the only reason I bring that up is obviously he was brought into the public notoriety when he was, he was playing yeah. guitar yeah. he can play some drums and he probably has written some music yeah but then course, this yeah. also comes into what we're going to talk about is the fact that the industry is screwing over the artist, by the time, say for instance, they sell, I don't know, 500,000 copies of an album, and that album sells for $10, they've got mm. about 5 million, and then the record label will take 85% off yep. the top of that, yep. and then from that you've got touring costs, yep. you've got recording costs, distribution costs, and at the end of that really obscure, mm -hmm. uh, really unpure model, the artist ends up in debt. Yes. Mm. Now, coming to that point, do you believe there will be a moment in time in, in music where a, a musician does everything on his own yeah. and just sells a million copies online, streaming yeah. services, and gets to the point where he just, you know, pulls the middle finger to the yeah. system? Uh, the, the, the turn is now. That, okay. All that thing is possible. That's possible right now, mm. like with the way the internet is. Like, um, Independent artists like uh, like Chance the Rapper and Logic, they they do this. Like Logic, like they might be signed to big labels now, sure. but how they came up was that they 
they did everything themselves. They recorded themselves. They marketed themselves. They like they they didn't come out of nowhere. They they spent years at this, especially Logic. Like he was rapping for so long before he got famous. Yeah. But like now that like he's built up and he's got all those skills, uh, he's got the leverage so he can approach a label and say, I want to work with you, but these are my terms. Yes. Yeah. So it's yeah. a, a big part of it today would be about building that personal brand yes. to the the scale at which you have that negotiating ability. Yeah, and just the knowledge up here. It's like a lot of a lot of these kids that sign to these labels, like they the label is selling them dreams, you know, mm -hmm. like they, they the, all they want is to be a famous musician. The label's like, like all you have to do is just sign, sign right here. here. Yeah. And in that document that they do sign, there are legal mm -hmm. you know jargon, there are certain terms. Within a term there'll be sixteen other terms. Yeah, yeah no one it's, can understand it's that. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I find like even in politics yeah. in the US there was a bill that was presented that they should read the bill. Mm. That politicians yeah. should read the laws. <laughs> yeah. That didn't pass. Of course not. So, so then no one, politicians aren't reading these contracts. Why do we expect musicians to read them? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So we should probably simplify it a bit. I mean, I'm, I'm not a music producer, mm. but if anyone wanted to be for the artist, they would certainly reduce, I suppose, the complexity behind those contracts. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's also like, um, at the end of the day, like, it's all personal responsibility. Like, like, I say kids, but you know, like these are these are eighteen year olds, nineteen year olds. You know, they're if you're signing a contract, you don't, you don't just sign it, read it. And then it's like advice for anyone who wants to be a musician out there. Like, never sign anything if you don't read it, because that will fuck you up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Um, yeah. Do you think that uh, it is easier today to possibly get into the music industry, mm -hmm. but at the same time, if you're trying to do that alone, do you think that there is almost a hindrance by the music industry itself? Uh, and by by higher executives and higher ups. So. Sure, but like their power grows less and less each day. Yeah. Yeah, like as things like it costs twenty five dollars a year to get on Spotify. Mm. You can do it. You could do it if you wanted. Twenty five dollars. That's a lot Tempting. better than selling a book it's, online. It's I tell you that. It's <laughs> a lot a lot better than the subscription service for Amazon. Mm -hmm. I, I really downplay Amazon on this podcast, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> you got to. They're great it's guys. Like... They're great guys. They got my book. It's all good. It's all good. No. Now, Aaron, yeah. when it comes to pop music, yeah. I wanted to get into this because Larry and I have looked into it. Mm -hmm. Now, the music producers that we know that produce everything from Coldplay to Katy Perry to Rihanna, Justin yeah. Bieber. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, exactly. Uh, we've got Stargate. Now, Stargate, yeah. I'm just going to get this up on my computer, mm -hmm. is a Norwegian recording producer, songwriting team composed of Tor Eric Hammerson and Michael Storn Eriksson. Now these guys have produced, you know, Coldplay, Neo, all these people, and then you've got Dr. Luke. Oh yeah, this guy. So this guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah guy. exactly. He <laughs> produces Katy Perry's music. Yeah. Um, Avril Lavigne, Emma, Emily Wright, Max Martin. You know, uh, you know the backstory behind Dr. Luke there. I don't know. No. Tell me. Uh, he's a rapist. He is that kind is. of a rapey yeah. guy, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. He's um. What yeah. was the allegation? Was it allegation or yeah, it, was, it was allegation. It was um. It was Kesha when she yeah. came out about the in her Me Too moment. Oh, yeah, was, okay. Guy, Dr. Luke. Okay. Yeah. So and allegedly? Or? Well, allegedly, like, of course, like, like, it, it never went through the courts, but, like, it's really fishy what went on. Like, mm. uh, he went out of his way to silence her, and, like, they wouldn't release her from her contract, and, okay. like, holding her music hostage. Yeah. So maybe there's ball. some power oppression going Definitely on there. Definitely some power oppression there. Now, the point that we, we, we've made on the show before is perhaps because there are four writers that are heavily involved in the production of these musicians. Mm -hmm. 
that there are only only four people, right? Yeah. So you can only have a certain amount of lyrical genius within those Absolutely. four people. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a, a ecosystem. It mm-hmm. almost becomes a filter. Even it more. becomes a filter. So what is actually being produced now, does, to the public? Does that destroy or? D- I know you have a different yeah. perspective on it. No, so does that um, destroy creativity, or are we are we are we wrong? No, so so um, you're talking about these these four people that produce like their like all their pop songs, mm. but like they're not the only ones making pop songs. Mm. And like maybe in the past, like okay. in, in in the eighties, nineties, it was very true that four people wrote every single song you hear on the radio. But that's not the case anymore because of like you know this democratization of music that um anyone okay. can make it and like. I think that pop music's better better than it's ever been because you have artists like the Chainsmokers, you have artists right. like Drake. Even though Drake doesn't write all his own songs, it's his mm. label, and like if they're his guys that write his songs, he's not going to the big execs to do okay. it. He's doing it himself. I, I, okay, so we need to acknowledge the fact that these writers are successful, and the yeah. fact that they're successful is just coincidental, and I suppose the homogenous nature of the lyrical content. Yeah. We need to take into consideration these other pop artists yes. which aren't necessarily trending on YouTube, Spotify, mm. SoundCloud. Oh, but they are trending on YouTube and Spotify and stuff like well, that. They, like, they Billy that's, why yeah. we want, that's why we wanted to have this conversation yeah. because we didn't want to be ignorant yeah. to the fact that we just did some research online and we looked at we looked at some stats from the 1960s all the way through to today yeah. and the average number of, of artists who are, are pop writers has really fluctuated from about two to four over yeah, that time. But yeah. having said that, that probably, we probably needed to define pop yes. music yes. in that it's probably not encapsulating the broad market space of pop music just yeah. for people to would, get the spotlight. I would say the mainstream uh, type yes. yes. of uh, If you're talking about like artists like on 92.9, like mm. that sort of yeah. stuff, like, yeah, those, those artists have, like... Have you noticed that there's almost a repetition of, oh, yeah. of the timeline in terms yeah, of like, yeah. they just stick to the 80s, they <laughs> skip yeah. over the 90s and do the early 2000s pop? Yes, Is, yes. Do you feel as if that's sort of... Uh, Almost ruining people's ears to the idea of different music and sound. Um, like it's becoming too monotonous. Yeah, almost. maybe it is. But like, um, I don't want to blame. You know, like, like, oh, it's the system's fault. Like mm. at the end of the day, like it's up to the person. You know, like, like the, all this music is out there. Mm. It's it's right there on the internet. You, you can it's, you can listen to it. You can mm. listen to like RTR and sure. find like, find some new music. Like sometimes people just want to listen to that same stuff they've listened to for like the past 20, 30 years. That's cool. Yeah, but, of course. But yeah, like um, you shouldn't blame the system for like deafening people's ears to good music yeah. because, yeah. Because it's out there. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, so the medium is not always the message is probably what we're, we're trying to convey mm-hmm. here is that there are spaces which you can go online to stream music where you can discover yeah. New, yeah. new cool songs and it's really interesting in this era that we live in where people are streaming music. No one's really buying many CDs anymore. Yeah. And if we do like a pop song or just a single, we're buying that single. Yes. And if we're doing it, we're doing it on, on iTunes or we're buying like a complete album on Spotify. Yeah. Point being is there's less money going towards that. There is, yeah. Now, you as the artist, because mm-hmm. I, I write my novels, yeah. I, I do just want, to an extent, to be validated with some money, but at the same time, I do want a person to just read my book. Yeah. So, with your lyrics, mm-hmm. would you do you, do you, do 
do you discredit piracy or do you do you really care? No, I, I think piracy is really good for the music industry. Okay. Yeah, because wow. I've yeah. never heard somebody say that. Yes, I think that because like beforehand we're talking about the record companies, they're mm. the gatekeepers of sound. Like yeah. if you wanted to like they're saying that like they take seventy five to ninety percent of the money from mm. the record that's produced, the artist gets nothing. Yeah. And the only way in the eighties to get your music, you know, out there, like you could be a pub band all your life, it wouldn't go anywhere. Like you had to have a record deal. Yeah. It's the only way it would work. And Nowadays, like since music piracy came around, anyone can hear your music for free. Yeah. And music was a product, now it's a service. Yeah. It, like how artists get paid is different. Artists don't get paid, you don't, you don't purchase music as a product, music is a service to you, and then you pay to go see that artist. Interesting. Yeah. So, correct me if I'm wrong, I just want to make sure that I'm hearing you right. Yeah. So, by saying music has now become more service-like, yeah, service, are you yeah. saying that the songs that are pirated and mm -hmm. heard by the public, because they definitely are heard, people yeah. listen, Yeah. is that almost like a marketing, yes. advertisement thing yes. for you to then tour and perform? Yes, yes. Is and of course, that, that, that's yeah. where the bank is. But of course, now the market's caught up. Like, piracy isn't necessary anymore with things like Spotify, when you can stream any song for free. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's YouTube true. as well. Yeah, I, I don't know the actual monetary analysis of Spotify yeah. and and I, I know a bit about iTunes and I know that that was uh, the lesser of two evils and the, uh, the artists needed a way to earn money and, yeah. and counteract uh, yeah. music piracy. Larry, mm -hmm. what's your take on, on music piracy? Because you, you seem to be shocked when you said that. I, yeah, you don't hear a lot of people, especially from the indie scene, getting, mm. a, getting much of a voice and saying, well, actually, piracy is a good thing, especially yeah. when you are part of an indie scene and you're trying to get your sound just out there and heard. Yeah. But for a major record label, I would never hear them no. want to say piracy is a good thing. No, it's because so it, it took me back there. a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Because of piracy, like that's one of the things that broke down this system of the record industry controlling everything. Like Without piracy, we'd be stuck in those days. It's almost like Bitcoin and music in a way. Yeah. Remember, folks, LimeWire was a gift. No matter <laughs> what Lime happened uh, to your to yeah. computer. Yeah. yeah. And, and, oh, sorry, I got <laughs> some, like, another point as well. Yeah. Like, because of um, piracy, like, music has gotten better. Mm. Because, like, in the day, like, record labels would choose a very... They'd only choose music that they knew would sell. So you get mm. the homogenous thing that you're yeah. talking about. You get all the songs sounding the same. But now, because anyone can put their music on the internet, music is so much more diverse. It's much more broadened. It yeah. is. And if you want to find like a, a very specific genre, like pirate punk or something, mm. you can find that. You can. Yeah. yeah. Pirate punk. Yeah. 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 It's like oh, Japanese you like, baby. You, you, you like a you like pirate punk, don't you? Yeah. 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 It's very, very fascinating. Now... Tell me about what you've got for us here, I just, and speak a little bit about the, the album. Mm, yeah. Mixtape that you've got. Uh, I'll show, show you this to everyone at home. This is my latest mixtape. I cool. love the album. Brilliant. Cool. There cool. we go. Yeah. Life's a trip. You take one. Take one. Brilliant. Thank Brilliant. you, my man. Yeah. Now, what, um, where do you get your ideas for music from? Yeah. So, do, do you carry just notes on your, on your mm. smartphone? Or is it, I notice listening to a lot of your lyrics, there's a lot of party vibes within them. Yes. So maybe after a night out, you had mm. fun and you've got like a hazy recollection of yeah. it. Or is it during the moment? What is, do you, do you almost like party, write some lyrics? Yeah. Or, or even, even still when you go for the more uh, political messages, because mm. there are some songs which touch on, on Donald Trump, yeah. which, which, are, which is hilarious. I find it was... Because it is almost like a cartoon in a way. It is, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, was just, I was just curious, where do you get your inspiration yeah. from? So um, a teacher once told me once that um, the, best the best thing to write a song about is to think about the last time you felt a strong emotion. Mm. Okay. 
and how what that emotion was. Why did you feel that emotion? That could be at a party, you know, like you're you're having fun at a party, yeah. and that's like you just feel like everything is in its right place. Yeah. That's the emotion. Or it could be like, you know, you're angry at, at the news and you're like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah. And you write a song sure, about that. Sure. Yeah. So that's where I get my inspiration from. Yeah, just um, I think back to like, you know, the last time I had a strong emotion about something. The last time. Yeah, I find that really interesting. Because personally, Larry and I both write. And for me personally, I will write as a cathartic way. Yeah. So it's almost a self-expressive thing, right? Yeah. So will you, similarly, I suppose the process for writing books and music, completely mm. different. But I wouldn't say completely different. No, I think similar in a way. I think so. Yeah, I think any so creative write, process. So you write the first version really raw, yeah. and then refine it because yeah. it's got a cadence of flow, oh, right? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I just get the ideas. Like I get like I might have a, a few list of things that I like, I think sound nice, like they rhyme together or they flow really well. Then I'll come back to it a few days later, and like you know, I have to think about what the topic is and make sure that like everything is about the topic. I have to think about the listener as well, because like. Like, a lot of rappers, especially coming up rappers, make the mistake where all the songs are about them. It's me, me, me. And about them, like, yeah. start getting the money. And yeah, but no one cares yeah. about you. Yeah. You've got you to gotta make a song for the people. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. very true. Do you feel as if, you, if uh, you're presenting a more authentic version mm. of yourself, people will get the message and they'll go, well, yeah, yeah I, I like this guy, because yeah. at least he's genuine. So Absolutely, so. yeah. Do you think that's something that's missing or lacking in the music industry at the moment? No, um, honestly, I'm, I'm quite happy with the state of music yeah. is today. I think, it's, I think that we're living in the best period for music. It's, it's only getting better. Mm. Yeah. It, I find, because I, I recognise this song on your album, Dirty. Yeah. Now, I listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> that that is, uh, is the most... Sexually charged song <laughs> I have heard in a while, and yeah. I, I thought thought Lonely Island's depiction of I just had sex yeah. or just uh, in my, my pants. pants that song yeah. I thought that was that was dirty, but I'm looking yeah, at a song I'm, called Look, Toothbrush. Here. Look, is look, something you want to tell us? So with Dirty now, I I appreciated the the song, and the reason I did. Is because there's some transparency in it. There's some real, authentic nature to mm -hmm. the content of the lyrics, and you don't, I suppose, talk about the incident in any way which would identify the person no. that you're enacting with, and yeah. that's really respectful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So no, I, I found that really, a really relatable mm. song. So, so um, a lot of times, like when I write songs about girls, or like I think when most artists write songs about girls, like. It isn't about a specific character. Like the songs, they're not documentaries. They're about it's a story. It's like, like you might have these emotions in your head about like how it, a, 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 like a, a night could go, or how a relationship with a girl could go, like in an ideal world. And sure. Yeah, it's not about like trying to portray your life. Like you know, put that back out there. It's about you know coming up with something new, coming up with you know. Yeah. A narrative. Yeah. Well, I I I, I was blown away with that song. And and fade, fade out was good too. Yeah. Now, when it comes to collaborating with other artists, yeah. how does that conversation normally begin? <laughs> is it is it just a chilled chat over a coffee, or you meet this person out? Like is there is there a scene? Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. there a, is there a scene that I should be aware of? Are they absolutely? Meet yeah, totally. Yeah. There, there's a there's a Perth hip hop scene going on. It's, it's, it's called it's called the Six K. That's what the rappers in here in Perth call Six K. Yeah. So the postcode of Perth is like six thousand. Do yeah. they meet? Do they have a constitution? Can yes. I, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we got charters and legislation. We put on shows. We got concerts. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. So and does that 
does that scene uh, speak for the majority of people in the scene in order to secure big venues, or...? Um, well, like, so the hip-hop scene in Perth it is quite small. Like, it, obviously, hip-hop isn't the most popular sort of music in Perth. Sure. But, um, you know, it's, it's quite a tight-knit community. Everybody's, everybody works together, and we're all out here for the same goals. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, like, we make lots of different sorts of music. Like, like uh, there's a lot of, like, old-school boom-bap rappers, and there's a lot of new-school trap rappers. Mm -hmm. And even though like we're all on different sounds, we all come together and yeah. like you know like to like learn from each other. And, yeah, yeah, yes. of course. Yeah, um, you see, it's part of the hip hop scene where you have one style of uh, rappers and particular mm. sound, and another style of particular rappers and a particular sound. Yeah. Do you think it's important to expand your musical horizons beyond oh, just sure. hip hop as well? Yeah, or? absolutely. I listen to a lot of different sort of music. That's good. Yeah. That's good. And you know, it might sound like a bit of a cliche, but do you think it's more encourageable for people to just listen to as much music as they? Possibly, yeah. Or uh, uh, so not, not so much um, as much music. People should actively listen to music. Yeah. Like you, anyone can, like just put the radio in the background. But like actively, like you know, like listen to it, like oh, I like this song. Like who's this artist? So what are other artists like them? You know, mm -hmm. like you know, like maybe hearing reviews and then listening to that album, seeing if you agree or disagree with that. Is that that's curious? Because I was focusing on your music earlier today because yeah. obviously I'm coming to talk to you. Yeah. I haven't seen you in a while, <laughs> and I wanted to understand the lyrical content. It's more of a, like I said, an active exercise of trying to work out what this artist is trying to tell me. Yes. Why yes. I'm listening to them, how they're trying to bring them into my, sorry, into their reality. Yes. And then obviously convey that emotion that they were feeling at the time to their intended audience. Yeah, yeah. And there's a, there's a lot of artists like Drake or Travis Scott, there's good examples where like, if you actually look at the lyrics on a piece of paper, they're, they're simple. They're like, they, don't, they don't really mean much mm. at all. But like, it's not about the literal meaning of the lyrics, it's about the whole atmosphere that the lyrics, like the lyrics are just part of the aesthetic. Yeah. And like, you know, what is the world that like they are drawing you into yeah. when you hear their music? So you, they create a narrative and you try to yeah. incorporate yourself into that narrative to yeah. the yeah. through the music. I get it. Yeah, like, like, like Travis Scott like raps about like, you know, a lot of like expensive watches and yeah. flights, you know, like just like the rich life pretty much yeah. like that. But well, like... How relatable is that? To yeah, it's not so, it's not, but everyone wants that, you know what well, I mean? of course. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. Is there a, like a perhaps cultural influence that you want your music to impact? Yes. Is there, is there a, a, I suppose... A legacy in a way that you want to leave behind mm. with your songs. So in the future, people that have been brought up uh, listening to your style of music will come to realize certain things that they didn't see before, yeah. see the world in a different way. Absolutely. Like I think escapism is huge. It's yeah. like when you ask me the first question about like what am I passionate about music. This is yeah what, what I had to think about. Yeah. Come to me now. <laughs> sure, sure. It's like what I what I want is like to make music where um because like obviously not everyone can be a musician. It's a very hard life to do. But like. Everybody, like, going to or from work in their car, like, maybe you hate your work, maybe you hate your boss, but, like, in those, like, 10, 15 minutes in the car, you can just put on your favourite song. Sure, sure. And you're somewhere else, you know? Yeah. That's what I want to do for the world. I want to, like, you know, create a, a different world for people to go into when they listen to my music and be like, you know, this is where I am, you know, this is my escape from yeah. normal. I feel that, I feel that way entirely. Thanks, I really appreciate it, man. Yeah. It's good yeah. Song, really. I, I feel, feel that way entirely when I listen to someone like David Bowie. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He's very eclectic, very individualistic in mm -hmm. his songs. I can't, obviously you're more of a muso than me, but I can't think of anyone that compares to David Bowie's kind of style per yeah. se. Yeah, no, he's very unique. Yeah. Very unique, very yeah. unique. Is there 
a person that you look up to right now who isn't well known within the music scene that you yeah. think is about to break out, that is, is, mm, is on the verge yes. of doing something really cool? Yeah. So there's a rapper called Kota the Friend. Okay. Yeah. K-O-T-A, the friend. And he's, he's not that big. Like, maybe his songs have about 50,000 players on YouTube, which is pretty good. No. It's a lot of people. You put 50,000 people in a room. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of people. But, <laughs> but like... Um, would, he, would he be happy for us to include a link to his YouTube Yeah, page? sure. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah. He's, um, yeah, but um, what I love about this guy is so he, he, he raps in the new style, like the new trap style. He's got, like, you know, the new style trap beats. But, like, rather than rapping about all this superficial stuff, which, don't get me wrong, I, I enjoy that as much as the next guy. Yeah. But like, it's also, it's very wholesome. It's just about like, you know, like being with the people you love and caring about the people you love and you know, the stuff that's been missing, you know. Mm, okay. He's found something that, that hip hop has been missing for a while and doing that. And yeah, I really appreciate that. I just want to switch the conversation from music uh, to something a little bit more political. Yeah. I'm curious, is there a political message in your songs, and if so, is there any kind of defining? I don't like yeah. labels. We don't like labels because mm -hmm. it it pigeonholes, I suppose, yeah. certain belief systems and ideologies the wrong way. Yeah. But if you had to to pinpoint what your lyrics are trying to get at, is uh, yeah. is it anti-establishment? Is it nihilism? What? Nihilism. Okay. Nihilism. Now, I find times uh, when I am out and about that nihilism is. Not necessarily uh, doom and gloom yes. in its entirety, not, no. but it, it's it's very short term oriented. Yeah. But, but what? Uh, yeah. What's your definition of nihilism, and and, and yeah. why do you think it's probably perceived as an incorrect pathway for most people? Yeah. So, so nihilism. Nihilism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big question just asked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people think that these people are depressed, but they're not necessarily. No, not depressed. necessarily. So I think that we've been gro we've grown up in a society that like says, you know, you need to do this, you need to have a job, you need to get an education, you need to do this, your life should be this way. And we're getting to a stage in our society where that's not true. You know, like those jobs are disappearing, and like yeah, like if you, it's just you know, it's not a viable pathway for everyone. And the whole idea about nihilism is like you know. Like, my life doesn't matter, I don't care. That, that's, I guess that's like what you can boil it down to. And that, that can be depressing, it can so be like... a, a counter-narcissistic approach, in a way. Yeah, like, it's, it's, but like, you know, my life doesn't matter, I don't care, can also be like, I'm going to do what I want, because, you know, this is my life. Like, mm. like it's freeing. You, so, it doesn't, free. so it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't value your life. It means, of course it means not, that no. you value it, yeah. but you... Are living in the moment, Absolutely. you're being a free spirit, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, that, that, but like there's two sides to it, of course. There's like, you know, the, the first side, which is the depressing side, which is like, you know, like the existential dread side of things. Sure. And the second side, which is like, you know, this is my life, it's, it's me, you know, like this is not, I'm not living my life for anyone else. This is. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, what's, what's your take on nihilism? Uh, we talk about Nietzsche maybe for hours and hours, <laughs> I don't want to jump into it. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's certainly an interesting perspective that you're providing. Mm. Do you think that every piece of music can be interlinked with politics, or do you think there is a point where some of the music that you make isn't necessarily politically inclined, yeah. Well, um, and it is about living in the moment? I, I think that any anything can be linked to politics. If of you, course. Yeah, but um, I don't try to make political music. I, maybe I did in the past, but like... I, there's nothing wrong with it. It's yeah. just I feel that it, any creative project that involves politics has to do it in yeah. such a way that it is least thought-provoking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, provoking. every now and then I have, every now and then, like, I have, like, an inspiration to do, mm -hmm. you know, a song about politics, but it's, it's not what I want to focus on. It's not, yeah. Yeah. It's... 
Is that mainly because if you focused on any one idea on the political spectrum that that would phase out a portion of the audience? Uh, that's a big part of it, but it's also like, it, it's, it's just, I don't know, I don't have the answers, you know? That's so, so, no, 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 I mean in general, like as in like, um, like I don't have the answers to these political questions, so like why should I think that I should be telling other people, you know? Sure, like, yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. Yeah. I, I, want, I want everyone to like come up with their own mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well that's why we're both libertarians, Larry and I. Yeah, yeah that's very <laughs> true. Um, when it comes to collaborating, yeah. do you think that your political ideas have actually affected who you collaborate with, or do you feel as if... You know, as long as we come up with good music together, there's mm -hmm. a good solid message behind it, you can basically uh, yeah. work with anybody. Absolutely. I, I think that the second, definitely. Like, mm. um, I'd even go out of my way to collaborate with people who have who a different... You disagree with, almost. Yeah, like, just because, like... That would create an yeah. interesting discourse. In but, like, even, way. like, because if someone has a different political view from me, their mm. life is obviously very different from mm. me, and so their art is obviously very different from me. So mm. if we combine that, then that art would be beautiful. And that's my main goal, to make beautiful art. Mm. Coming back to that, I've heard from various people that talk within the music space that Kanye can be a bit of a, not not annoying, but very, yeah, I suppose annoying is yeah, the word. Annoying, yeah. annoying is yeah. the word to, to work with. Mm. Now, yeah. this might be because Kanye is prolific with the way that he pumps out music and he wants to get it right because he compares himself mm -hmm. to Picasso, Da Vinci and all, yeah. the, all the greats. Mm. Now, I, who's to say whether that's right or wrong? Yeah. I don't know. I think that's a part I'm of the question. <laughs> but but yeah, I suppose when it comes to recording between you and another artist, yeah. there needs to be that friction mark. Because if there's not friction between it, then you can't really refine it. I suppose with yeah. any ideas that are that are bunny heads, there can there can never be anything creative or beautiful that comes from it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Something just that's exactly the same, like you said. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Larry. Yeah. I've been pretty quiet. Uh, Larry, no, I've actually been hell again. That's alright, yeah. that's alright, right, Larry. I'm curious, when's your next mixtape coming out? When's my next mixtape coming out? <laughs> Should be any day now. <laughs> no, I, I, I would say, if there was somebody you absolutely wanted to collaborate with, yeah. who would it be and for what reason? I would love to collaborate with Billie Eilish. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's she's doing some very interesting songs lately. Yeah. And she's getting a lot of traction on, she is, on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. And what's what's her, what your favorite song of hers? Um, Bury a Friend. It's my favorite song okay. by her. Mm -hmm. I think I think that like um this is an example where like the lyrics in a pop song are way deeper than anybody gives it credit for. Okay. Yeah. If, if you like. Can we get the lyrics up on the screen? Yeah, we'll sure. Really I'll get it up on the screen. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Could. We'll get it up on the screen. Yeah. We're gonna have to read, obviously, because. That's okay. Viewers at, viewers at home can't see this. I'll screen. give a dramatic reading. That's that's it. Mm -hmm. So we'll get it up. And so uh, one of the things I could ask as well mm -hmm. is um, if if somebody wanted to actually just have a look at your music, yeah. would you be happy with them having a look at it for free? Or Absolutely. All my music's available for free. Of course. Yes. So um, um, SoundCloud, uh, yeah? Yep, SoundCloud and Spotify. So okay. I'll show, show this again. Of course. If you go to... My name is Your Boy Alaska. Your that's boy my Alaska. rapper name. Mm -hmm. Y-A... B-O-Y, Alaska, on mm -hmm. SoundCloud and Spotify. Okay, we've got some lyrics. Uh, my Strange Addiction, is that a song uh, we can decompose? Oh, uh, we go to Bury a Friend. Bury a Friend. That's one. Bury a Friend, okay. Yeah. Bury, bury a Friend. Uh, bury a Friend. Yeah, and uh, you, you can get one of these for free at my at my shows. My next show is on the 18th of May at Holmes, Holmes and Co. Whereabouts? Holmes and Co. in Perth City. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, we've got lyrics up on the screen. So, are you going to do a rendition for us, I'm pretty sure? Sure. Right. Please do. Yes. 
What do you want from me? Why do you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Why aren't you scared of me? Why do you care for me? When we all fall asleep, where do we go? Okay, so break that down for us. I think, what I think, is this is, this is the words of God being channeled through an artist. I guess this is a spiritual connotation. Yes, I think, I think this is very spiritual. And um, I think that, to some degree, all music is, you know, you're, you're contacting with the sublime. All art, all music is like, because you're making something bigger than yourself. And what this is... So, I'm secular, but if I had to think religiously for a moment, yeah. so what you're saying is she's having a conversation with God by saying, Why do you, what, what do you want from me? Why do you run from me? What are you wondering? Mm. What do you know? So, she's trying to make contact with the sublime. Yeah. To channel I think her she's struggling artistic. in her life, maybe? Oh, she, uh, I think she definitely is. I think every yeah. artist does. Yeah, yeah but um, what I think is, so... Um, whether or not, like, of course, I don't think she's consciously doing it, that's the thing. I think that, like, she, all she's doing is making her own art, but, like, because all art is a contact with the sublime, you're trying to make something bigger than yourself to relate right. to others. So, 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 one interpretation yeah. could be she's talking to God, another interpretation yes. could be that she's talking to a lost lover. Or it could be that, um, like, she's talking to, like, the, the crowd in general, like, you know, to, talking to, like, the people who follow her. What do you yeah. want from me? Why don't you run from me? I'll like, be including a link below to these lyrics, by the way, guys. Yeah, yeah, like, because, like, of course, she's just a teenage girl, like, you know, um, obviously going through the same securities we all did at that age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah, like, you know, like, why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? Okay. What do you know? Like, why, what do you know about me? That's yeah. it. That, so, yeah. so, yeah, okay. So, on that, so what, do you, so what is your connection with the divine in a way? If you had to describe it, yeah. it's very difficult for anyone mm -hmm. to kind of describe it. It's a very personal thing for, yeah. to everyone that I've spoken about yeah. that has a connection with God or a relationship mm -hmm. as a Christian would like to call yeah. it. Uh, how would you sum yeah. that up if, if you're open enough sure, to do yeah. so? Well, um, well, I'm a Buddhist. I'm not a Christian. I don't, yeah, I don't believe in the Christian God. Mm -hmm. okay. No, um, I believe that we are all God and the universe is God. And if we're part of the universe, we are God. Mm. Okay. Yes. Right. So there's... A, okay, so what you're saying is there's a divine part of everything that makes up the entire universe? Yes, yes. So just, the uh, universe is divine. Okay. And as because we are part of the universe, we are therefore divine. But we are like individual parts. Like we are, we are just one part of it. And so by talking to other people and like learning, like you know, talking to other souls, we right. are, we like you know, we make something bigger than ourselves. So is there a need for perhaps the afterlife in that no, system of belief no. that you got? Um, no, not necessarily. It's not like you know, it's not like you die and you go to hell. Or yeah, you no, die no, 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 I'm just curious because if if. Based on is that system, like everything is... Sort of yeah, it's, it's sort of reincarnation. Okay. Yeah, but um, yeah. that's a very simplified way to put it. It's more like um, you never died. It's like if you have a tree, a leaf falls off the tree, that's like one person dying, but the tree is still alive. Okay. We are all, we, we are all the tree. Right, right. Yeah. I, I need to educate myself on Buddhism. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit... <laughs> it's interesting, really. A little bit it's uneducated really. on it. Mm, no, no, for sure. Larry, your personal taste in music... It's a little bit older. A little bit older? Uh, yeah, because cause I am a little bit older than both of you. Sure, Maybe sure. even combined folks, but you never know. <laughs> a couple um, of years, folks. Yeah, uh, so I grew up in 2000s, late 90s sort of music, so yeah. very much the end of the grunge scenes, the start of the hip-hop scene. Yeah. Is there room still for people who do play instruments, or do you think yes. that the music industry yes. is just becoming too 
synthetic and not as authentic. No, I think that like mm. now is the perfect time for people who play instruments to get that sound out because mm. the, the, the industry's become so saturated with electronic, you know, like laptop music that mm. if you are, you know, like doing something new with instruments, like people want to hear that. Of course. Yeah. Like I think the reason why rock music has died recently is mm. because it, it hadn't evolved. It was the same for, you know, for generations. Mm. And hip hop came along. Hip hop is new. It's young, full of energy. Mm. And it's constantly evolving. And that's why it stayed around. But like, it is like, it's time for something new. Yeah. So, what, I'm trying to decipher this. So there's a lot of white noise occurring in the, in the music industry, yeah. so to speak, if we're going to put it metaphorically. Yeah, there always And is, that yeah. new sound can cut through it. Absolutely, yeah. Right, yeah. right. Because there's a lot of old auto-tune. Yeah. Like, like we said earlier, there's... There's musicians who can't necessarily sing, but they can perform yeah. It's part of their artistic, uh, I suppose, persona in a way. So, so yeah, no, it's, it's really curious as to see what do you think is going to be the next mm -hmm. 10 years of music? The next 10 years of music? Yeah, if you had to this yeah, speculate. Yeah, an interesting prediction. I, to speculate, I, I think that we're going to have a return of jazz music. Yeah, I think jazz I've been is going to come jazz. back. I've been yeah. when I study, yeah. Yeah, I think that like... Um, like, you know, like brass instruments and saxophones. It's, mm -hmm. yeah, I think we're going to hear a lot of those sorts of sounds of in the near future. Mm -hmm. Is there going to be a, perhaps an intertangling with any other genres? Yeah, I think, I think we're going to hear like, you know, jazz, jazz rap. Jazz hip hop. Yeah, that's already been, that's already like, you know, yeah. bubbling up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're going to hear like some like, we're already hearing jazz EDM. We're hearing electro swing. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, have you, have you guys heard some electro swing? I need to hear oh, yeah. some electro swing. Yeah, it's yeah. just bubbling up. But I think, you know, like, like that sort of jazz style of music with, with like, live instruments is going to come back. If, say for instance, the next 20 years goes really well and, and you, I, I don't like to tell you, use the <laughs> word make it, because I feel like we're all evolving human beings. I've already made it, man. I do what I love. Well, there, <laughs> there we go. There we go. But yep. if, if your music got a lot yep. more exposure... Yeah. Uh, which it already has, yeah. but if it gets more, and you were put under public spotlight, mm -hmm. because there are a lot of musicians that deal with these problems. Yeah. Publicity is a big Pub issue. Publicity is a big issue. I was just curious, do you have thoughts about that? I do, yeah. Do you, do you proactively think ahead of, yeah. of how you would potentially deal with it? Because yeah. there's one thing of having an adoring fan going up to you and and say, hey, I love your work. Yeah. There's another thing of that happening 10 times a day when yeah. you're getting coffee. <laughs> it gets worse and worse. If he becomes really big, then that crazy fan might, you know, be like, no, he's mine. And then like, yeah. trying to stab you. Make you sure might, you might have too many you. women. Yeah. To yeah. Deal with. That would be a huge problem. <laughs> <laughs> huge problem. Yeah. <laughs> I never really thought about it that way. Mm. But now I am. God damn. Oh, okay. <laughs> so like, you could look back in the past and you'd be like, you know, John Lennon was very big, but how did he die? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, yeah. George Harrison was very big, but uh, how did he die? It's when does when does publicity become too much, and when does the fandom almost kill mm -hmm. the music? Is, has there been instances of that? Uh, and and if you if you can't Harrison, personally relate yeah. it no, to it yourself right now, then yeah. then perhaps someone that you, uh, whose musician yeah. music that you love, yeah. that you uh, you think they could have dealt with something better, mm. or maybe do you feel as though? this publicity factor there needs to be a separation yep. mm. in that a person needs to maybe develop a self-defense mechanism in order to yep. remain cognizant with who they are. I think that's that's definitely essential and a lot of like younger artists who get like you blow up when they're 17, 18, they don't have that because they're not fully developed as a person yet. So that's mm. why you see a lot of these young artists come and go and they have drug problems and all this yeah. and all that. 
Yeah, and I think that is a real shame. But um, like, as long as yeah, as, you're right. Like, as long as you do build that in yourself, and you are like, you know, you have yourself, your own self worth. You don't base your self worth on what other people tell sure, you. Sure. Yeah. Then, then you can weather that storm. I, I think so. Brilliant, brilliant. Now, is there any music videos coming up? Hi. Uh, yes, oh, there oh, are. Oh, man, this is gonna be. Here we go. Yes, there's a yes. Yeah. So, uh, music video for Nangs is coming up. Nangs, Nangs. Really, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. Look in the uh, timeline. Maybe, maybe around June, July. But I mean, like every time I say that it's coming out, it always takes longer. So. Oh, of course. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> so, is there anything? Is there maybe a little bit of a not a spoiler, mm -hmm. but like a little glimpse of what that might look like? Yeah, Do you have an idea? Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't um, give too much away because obviously, so um, folks, you got to watch it. Anyway, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's about it's about um, a superhero who um, every time he does a Nang, he gets transported to the Nang universe where he has superpowers for oh, that, okay. that one or two minutes Nang while he's man. still on the Nang. I want I want to make sure that this this Nang man has some positive masculinity. Yeah, I I love to I love to hear more about the positive masculinity. <laughs> <of Nang man. laughs> okay. Yeah. Will Nang Man have a sidekick called Pinger Boy? Pinger Boy! <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe Nang's 2. I think Nang's 2 will have Pinger Boy. <laughs> and are, are there people that you're working with right now with that music yes, video? Yes, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. And I suppose, because obviously we're in the podcast space, mm -hmm. I'm curious as to, to your idea of whether... Yeah, so what, what's it like collaborating with a person that's directing yeah. the, the music video? It's, it's amazing. So is, is there, yeah. there needs to be like a really good relationship, yeah. right? What I love is that like, it, it, I'll pass my song on to someone and then that becomes, the video becomes their project. And mm -hmm. like, they come up with all their ideas. Like, like oh, there should be a Nang Man and there should be this character and that character and these villains and this is going to happen. Okay. And so this is like, all, all of this was, uh, was the director's idea. So, um, Baron Tragedy is the name of the director. Baron uh, Tragedy. Baron Tragedy, yes. Cool. And um, yeah, this is all this is all his idea, right. and like for for the video. And what I loved is that I was able to like write the songs. That's what I do, mm -hmm. and then pass it on to him. And then like I just I just let him do whatever he wanted to do because I knew that like to make the best possible video, he had to like you know be inspired by his vision. And I was just like, yes, man, yes, let's do it, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah no, I was yeah. It's more of a collaborative thing, and obviously there needs to be. A good understanding because your lyrics are your form of art. His mm -hmm. direction is his form of art, and there needs to be a meeting of those two like-minded yeah. people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so it's been an absolute privilege. It's been great, man, to have Aaron on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I really, I really love this. That's it. Recommend us to your friends. I sure yeah. will. <laughs> Well, brilliant. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on. Obviously, we've got uh, links to our PayPal's below. Uh, you can always make a small donation. This uh, goes towards upscaling the podcast. Uh, it's really, really a, been a privilege to have yes. like-minded people that are creative to talk about their passions on this podcast yeah, so far. I like it. And what have, who have we got coming up next? Who you know this one. Uh, do I know this one? The big one? guy. The big the guy. Author. Our author. That's right. Yeah, there we That's go. That's right. Dave Robbins. Dave Robbins? That's it. That's right. David Robbins, who has written a book called The Intelligence Trap. Right. And we are having a pre-recorded interview with him on this coming Friday. So we yeah. should get that up by the weekend. Yeah. So that would be really interesting to see. And his, his book's marvellous. I'm not going to give him too much away because he's the author of the book. Are we dressing up a little it. bit for that one as well? We are dressing Aaron. up a little bit. We are a little bit. But Aaron, thanks so much. Mm -hmm. It's been well, again for sure. Uh, one more time before I go. Here we um, go. Plug it. This is my latest mixtape. You can get one for free mm -hmm. at my next show. May 18th, Homes & Co, Perth City. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. Goodbye.